Public School Principals, an untapped management pool. After Kenya promulgated its new constitution, many positions that had previously been dished out in closed rooms now had to happen literally in broad daylight so as to meet what is famously flaunted as public participation. Being an active participant in local civic space, I decided to test the efficacy of the new political dispensation by taking the day off from work to attend a public participation event in my ward. A ward is the starting point of all governance activities in the country, but yet most of us are more obsessed with the presidency whose powers were greatly eroded by the new constitution and governance taken directly to the people. One of the activities that was to take place during the public participation event was to elect members to the boards of management of the schools within the ward where I was resident. So when the time came to propose candidates, the person sitting next to me whom I had met for the first time, proposed my name. Surprisingly, maybe as I was the oldest in the tent and looked it, I was quickly seconded and the next thing I know, the 17 residents who were present, the ward had over 45,000 registered voters, had elected me vice chairman of the board of members for the local government, also known as public primary school called Kongoni, which also happened to be the school I attended briefly in my early schooling days. You see, we put many lovely structures into our new constitution, but sadly, most of the electorate and the public in general are clueless about their effect on their lives as well as the responsibilities they placed on us in determining how we want to be governed and where we want our money spent. One interesting thing that I found out on that day was that one was eligible to be elected to any ward position only if they were registered voters in the same ward. For many years, people from different wards and even some who are not registered voters will be appointed to representative positions. During my three-year term on the board of members of the school, I got to understand how public schools operate, from the funding all the way to the allocation of teaching staff. The system of running the schools are extremely well-structured, with regular external audits for both the finances and academic. My experience on that board made me more devoted to paying my taxes as it became clear to me that the noise about stolen resources was nothing more than political speak and innuendos by media who needed to sell newspapers to earn a living. I did not contest the subsequent election to retain my position as I felt that I had gained sufficient experience and knowledge to go out and preach the positive message of my government irrespective of who is in political office as well as give another resident an opportunity to be exposed to the workings of our governments. A few years later, I was elected to the chair of my alumni body of Upper Hill. Soon after I was elected, it was passed by the board of members that the chair needs to be a member of the board so as to be able to better contribute to the school and the students' welfare. So that meant that I was back on a board of yet another public school, this time a secondary school that had now changed into a boarding school and was upgraded to serve students from multiple counties. Here as well, 
I got to further learn about the structures that run our schools and also gain an appreciation of how efficient and transparent the administration of our schools is from staffing to firing staff. In my second year on the board, there was a strike in the school during which some students burnt down one of the dormitories. Fortunately, there were no casualties. The following morning following the incident, I made my way directly to the school and when I got there, the gates were swarming around with concerned parents, milling around hoping for some information on their children. Within the compound, there were police officers, investigation experts from the criminal investigation department, analysts from the government chemist's office, the Nairobi City Fire Marshal. I am sure many of you were unaware that such an office exists. Teacher Service Commission personnel, Ministry of Education officers, and county officials. After a while, I was able to make it to the principal's office, who I assumed would be all flustered and confused or maybe even broken down completely. To my surprise, he was most composed, dealing swiftly with all issues and directing all parties who had an interest in the school, from the parents' representatives to the Ministry of Education. Within a few hours, he had resolved most issues and the activity had died down sufficiently to allow the board members to get some time to now handle the most pressing issues at hand, such as whether to send the students home or not. The principal's composure during that incident got me thinking whether our corporates are aware of the management talent that is being developed within our public institutions and specifically in our schools. After that incident, we have had three more and each has been handled brilliantly by the principal, an ability I also experienced with the Kongoni school principal when we had a break-in in the school that sadly resulted in the death of a sentry. Their ability to deal with a crisis is something to envy and if some of our corporates had the same level of skill available to them, they would have easily waded through some of the crises that have either crippled some or destroyed others. A school principal has to deal with a very diverse set of interests. The national government wants them to take in as many students as is physically possible. The parents want their children to get personal attention. The Teacher Service Commission, which moves teachers around at Whelm, the teachers' union, has all kinds of demands. The political leaders want to be pampered like spoiled brats, and the students want to relax but still pass their exams. Don't even get me started on issues to do with subordinate staff and their union issues, which many at times have principals having to stand in the dock to give evidence on why they fired a cleaner who absconded work for months yet lives within the school compound. I am yet to see any corporate leader who has to juggle so many conflicting interests at the same time while also having to perform financial miracles with funds coming in already assigned and on the other end, parents who want the best for their children but yet believe they have no financial obligation. The objective of this audio article was twofold. One, it was to bring to the attention of those in human resources that you're missing out on a source of highly experienced and skilled management resource within the public education system from primary schools to universities. The second one is to inform those who demonize government that your taxes for most intents and purposes are being put to work and if that was not the case our economy would have collapsed ages ago but also that you have a responsibility to make sure that the contrary does not happen and all it takes to do that is for you to attend the three 
or for annual public participation events that take place within your ward. This audio article was recorded at Acute Media. The audio engineer is Kevin O'Ching, the executive producer is Miranda Dixon, and the voicing has been done by me, Helen Kasui. I am open to handling any of your voiceover jobs. Reach out to us via hello at acute.co.ke to book a session. Follow the author of the article, Robert Yahweh, on Twitter at Coach Yahweh. Yahweh spelled as Y-A-W-E. This is an Acute Media production.